The first sacred text reading today is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 51, verses 1 through 8. Listen to me, you that pursue righteousness, you that seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For he was but one when I called him, but I blessed him and made him many. For the Lord will comfort Zion, he will comfort all her waste places, and will make her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. Listen to me, my people, and give heed to me, my nation, for a teaching will go out from me, and my justice for a light to the peoples. I will bring near my deliverance swiftly. My salvation has gone out, and my arms will rule the peoples. The coastlands wait for me, and for my arm they hope. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look at the earth beneath. For the heavens will vanish like smoke, the earth will wear out like a garment, and those who live on it will die like gnats. But my salvation will be forever, and my deliverance will never be ended. Listen to me, you who know righteousness, you people who have my teaching in your hearts. Do not fear the reproach of others, and do not be dismayed when they revile you. For the moth will eat them up like a garment, and the worm will eat them like wool. But my deliverance will be forever, and my salvation to all generations. Today's second sacred text is from the book of Romans, book, I mean chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have mem many members of faith that God has assigned, for as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in, in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. The sentence of the readings for the day. 
Thank you, Karen. So today we uh, are using two of the sacred texts from the cycle of lectionary readings, and um, I'll use this little interesting oddity to just note you if you don't pay a lot of attention to it, because it's something during the week I think it's worth doing, which is to look at the very end of the bulletin where the lectionary texts are, texts are listed, and the ones that we actually use in the worship service are then bolded. Okay, But I encourage all of them to you. But I'm also a person of numbers, and so I'm really annoyed by this section of lectionary readings, because the first reading from Isaiah is verses 1 to 8, the psalm, which we didn't read, is verses 1 to 8. And the Romans is verses 1 to 8. So why is not the Matthew reading verses 1 to 8? That's the way my brain works. It wants all those numbers now to be aligned since they, they gave us, since they gave us a pattern. But that was all just to say, pay attention to that section of the bulletin and uh, take that home with you and spend some t- more time with the readings we're... Um, leaning on today, but also look at the ones that, that we didn't actually use. Um, all right, so now I'm, I'm going to look at the Isaiah reading first. Uh, and it really has uh, kind of a rhythm to it with three sections, verse, uh, beginning with verse 1, then verse 4, and then verse 7, because they all begin the same. Listen to me. Verse 1. Listen to me, you that pursue righteousness, you that seek the Lord. Now I know we've talked about this one thing before, but whenever you see the word righteousness um, in the scriptures, a synonym for it in scripture language is justice. So listen to me, you that pursue justice, you that seek the Lord. So it's a calling out to all, all of us, who are pursuing justice. Verse 4. Listen to me, my people, and give heed to me, my nation. For a teaching will go out from me, and my justice for a light to the peoples. So listen for the teachings. So listen if you pursue justice, then listen for the teachings. Verse 7, listen to me. You who know righteousness or justice, you people who have my teachings in your hearts. So listen. This call is for those of us who have God's teachings in our hearts. This Isaiah reading is uplifting and hopeful. And it's important to understand that Isaiah is writing to the people of Israel while they are in exile. They are not in their homeland. They are in the occupier's land. They, they, they are not where they want to be. And it's been a long time, and they haven't gotten back yet. But if you listen to God, 
You'll find your way back, either physically or in some other way. And woven through this reading is words about God's salvation and God's deliverance. So they were in a tough spot. And God's trying to assure them of salvation, deliverance. God will deliver. I think it's helpful as we look at this question of salvation and what it takes to actually live in this salvation um, to consider our own lives. So reflect for a second on your own life. Would you consider your life a success? Have you had more triumphs than disappointments? Maybe you're like the exiled people. Maybe you've never found your way back home. What are some of the victories that you have had in your life? What are some of the defeats that maybe are still with you? And what do you think about salvation? Do you ever ask your question, Oh God, am I part of your salvation plan? Do you wonder? Are you assured? Do you maybe doubt? Are you possibly fearful? Well, if you're like me, you might be all over the map on all of these things, and maybe one day in one place and another day in another place. It seems like the more life that we live, the more we look out and see all the unresolved conflicts, what appears to be escalating violence, the more we look in and we look at the build-up of not quite reaching the goals we might have in this life, it sometimes is harder to believe the promises that God brings through the prophet Isaiah. Have you maybe in your life revised the expectations that you had for your life? Maybe when you were younger you had really big plans, but it didn't turn out that way. But now you found a way to re-understand the plans for your life and what it means that you've had some success in your life, that you've made some difference to yourself, to somebody else, to some situations. Do you sometimes in this world get tired of seeing good people get knocked down? Maybe you're one of them. Well, it sometimes seems like selfish and self-absorbed people are out there making gains. Are we the ones here pursuing righteousness, pursuing justice? And if so, why so much in that does it seem like we get the spoils? So this is a sermon about salvation. And this may... 
These are some of the things that I saw in the scripture passages, including the Romans passage, that I think speak to salvation. The first part of salvation and understanding God's salvation is discernment. And that means committing ourselves to a life that is on a journey to listening to God. And figuring out how we can filter out some of the other voices and hear God's voice. Coming from the heavens or coming from the horizons and from the situations and the people and the wonders in our midst. So that's one part of salvation because if we're not involved in a process of discerning, of trying to have a process where we're listening to God in our midst, then we'll never get to some sense of what that salvation is about. The other part of salvation is transformation. It seems obvious, but it also is a hard thing to commit ourselves to. If we're listening to God, if we are discerning, God, where is your salvation? How do I come close to it? And we don't expect that we're going to be reformed by God, transformed by God, changed by God in this process. If we expect to find that salvation by listening and staying the same, no matter what age we are, then I don't think we're going to find the fullness of that salvation experience in this life or beyond. So discernment and transformation. The third one is community. The third element of salvation is community. Despite sometimes what you hear in Christian circles, salvation is not about individuality. It's not about one person getting across the line, they're being saved, that's good, they look behind them and they see some people haven't arrived yet, but they're just glad that they got there. It is not about that. It is about community. Everything from the beginning of the Bible is a call to the people, to the people of Israel to go on a journey to the promised land. Where the call we hear in Romans from Paul today to be the body of Christ and to actually understand that there is no way you can have within your individual person all that is needed for the salvation experience. We can only have it in community, when we are interdependent upon one another, when we are inclusive and welcoming and not judging and ostracizing and pushing others away. is a fascinating little verse in the Isaiah reading that you almost miss. Verse 2. Look to Abraham your father and to Sarah who bore you. For he was but one. So Abraham was but one when I called him. But I blessed him and made him many. Made him many. He didn't say he made many by having a lot of children. Made him many. This is what happens in the salvation process. We listen. We discern. We transform. 
we become part of the many. We become part of the community. We become part of the body of Christ. And in that, salvation is an experience we have. Salvation and eternity. Salvation is the only thing that is eternal. But what is it? Because what is saving? Salvation is about the condition of being saved. The process for getting there. So what is this salvation about? It is about the unconditional love of God. That is what saves. But no, actually, that's said wrong. The unconditional love of God. I mean, if Karen's sitting here, uh, if we could describe her as an unconditional lover, that would be a quality of her identity. It wouldn't be who she is, it would be something about her. Is she an unconditional lover? Oh, never mind. We'll get to that later. (laughs) Um, You see, what we learn in the whole salvation story is that God isn't a loving God. God is love. That is the identity of God. God is eternal. And God is love. Love is eternal. All that lives in that love, moving from the one to the many, is eternal. So when we think about eternity, we think about what it means for us to live in that love, in that full embrace of God, here and beyond for all eternity. Love is salvation. Because love always delivers. So you notice that also in the Isaiah reading. In verse 6. But my salvation will be forever. And my deliverance will never be ended. His love always delivers. It is always faithful. It always completes the job. Living in that love is what our salvation is all about. Now, I don't want you to get hung up on all the religion stuff, because there's been so much over the, the centuries talked about, studied, preached about salvation. The goal of all of Christian religion, of all of our denominations, the goal is to create a vessel where we together can discern and transform and become the many in the body of Christ. But it's an imperfect vessel. This love that is eternal is not imperfect. But those of us who try to create this vessel, these structures, these systems to do it. Well, too often, as we know, we distort it or we cloud it. 
And instead of being a love that is inclusive and always embraces, we often, when we create in religion these things, we turn it into something that judges and pushes people away, tells them that maybe they're not deserving. So questions for ourselves. Are you pursuing? Are you discerning? Righteousness? Justice? Love? God? What is eternal? As Paul warns about... Do we conform ourselves to this culture that we're in, to the imperfections of the many vessels, whether it's in church or other parts of society? Or are we able to break through and be open to the transformation that God wants to do in us? Are you one? prepared to be pulled out of the comfort sometimes and even the the control we have in our lives to stay as one? Or are you ready to come into the vulnerability of the many in the body of Christ? Where we share the fact that we don't have all that it takes to succeed alone. It's going to take all of us together being vulnerable with one another, having good humor with one another, discerning together. And in moments of transformation that can be very difficult because we might have to admit we're letting go of something we had for a long time, even willing in community to share that, the fear about that letting go so we can be transformed by God. Are we ready for that? Are we ready to hear this hopeful call from Isaiah? Are we ready to hear the voice of Paul calling us out of conforming to the world, to the culture, but to be transformed in the body of Christ into this salvation that's possible for all of us? Are we ready instead to conform to this love that is eternal? As we do this, and as we come together in this body of Christ, this community of trust, the more we were able to do this, the more it will become possible to have a just world for all. It will be the natural result when we find a way to conform to this salvation that is eternal. Amen. Yeah.